So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and today we are here with Ryan Haddon, who was the life, you know, the spiritual advisor for Kourtney Kardashian's Hoosh and still is a contributor writing for Hoosh. And so welcome, Ryan, to the show. Hi, it's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course, of course. So I just love your story. You kind of were in Hollywood for a while, had two children and moved out to Pennsylvania now, correct? And you have this reinvention story. And given everything that we've been through over the last year, so many people, I think now more than ever, the collective is just all at this point of reinvention. So I thought we could start there and talk about maybe your story a little bit and what it is that you do now. Oh, that's nice. Well, yes, it has been a long circuitous journey as the good ones usually are. So yeah, so I was in Hollywood and I lived that whole people and places and things, you know, where you think all the shiny things are so alluring and you know, they are to a certain extent. And within that, I actually um, kind of, I had discovered, you know, a relationship with a higher power and source and all of that many, many years before, and it led me to India. So I was simultaneously holding these two frequencies of this beautiful experience of like really dropping into knowing, you know, God that dwells within my own heart and soul and all of that. And then also being on the red carpet and living, you know, in that celebrity world. And it was a really, I really um, had a tough time reconciling those two things. And the fact of the matter is they're not that different. You know, God's source is in everything. But in that moment, I was really having a tough time with that. And I picked up some weird and, and, and you know, dangerous ways of coping through all of those dark nights of the soul and that obviously compounded that tenebrous descent <laughs> but I found my way out and um, I've been sober at almost 18 years this year and so that's really beautiful and all that really means is yes I set aside a coping skill that worked for me at a time until it didn't mm -hmm. but what it really means is for the last period of time my spirituality is not something that I pick up and use when I feel like it. It 
it, my life depends on it. And the my ability to go deep with it, my ability to be transformed by it, for it to always stay exciting, and for me to keep reinventing myself on the spiritual path. So one meditation that worked for me at a certain time is no longer going to hold for for during this period of time. And so I've learned to become flexible with all different new paths that have opened up to me. Yeah. And um, you know, I I love that about my story. I really do. And what it's brought me to is this seasoned, I'd say, just person having this adventure. And what I love doing now is helping other people's on theirs. And so most people come through my practice and they don't know that they're looking for spirit. They don't know that they're looking for a connection, but that's essentially what they are looking for in all these other things, in their purpose, in their relationship, in their bank account, in uh, their food or whatever those ways they're trying to manage and mitigate life. And those things are fun and they can be fun and they're all wonderful and great. But if they don't have as much meaning when we're not connected to source, to self, to that God consciousness, to, you know, our own vast, beautiful heart space. And so that's kind of one of the ways that I sort of help navigate and hold like a lighthouse for people and say, hey, let's look over here. What's what's your practice like? How are you connecting to yourself? How do you speak to yourself? Because that's some people aren't looking for spirituality, but they're looking for a connection and they don't really realize that spirituality is a connection to you yeah. first and foremost. And when you have that and you understand that, that then can morph into other things. For sure. For sure. You know, it's interesting. Oprah and Prince Harry just came out with, you know, as we're recording this, it's March 26th. And they just came out with this five episode first season of the me you can't see. And I just dove into it and just watched as much of it as I could, because it was so fascinating in this, they really dive into mental health, but it bridges so much because just like you can't take one body part and say, you know, this stands alone, you can't take truly mental, physical, spiritual health and say that they're all their own separate pieces. Because when you work on one, it betters the other pieces as well. They kind of work together as this unit. And one of the things that, you know, these various different contributors throughout this season said, in the show is just how important it was to their mental health to have practices that they incorporate into their everyday. And Lady Gaga, I think, was on saying in, in one of the first episodes, you know, it's important for me to just take a shower some days. And if I get a shower in, like, I feel better. But when we do have those spiritual practices, I think a lot of times, I know looking back at my thoughts, I made it out to be so much more than it needed to be, right? Like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like I have to sit in meditation for an hour or at least 30 minutes. And it doesn't have to be this intense, massive, big thing to have a spiritual practice. What is your spiritual practice and how do you see this? I love what you said about that because I think people have these um, spiritual notions, these make-believe ideas of what it should look like that we should be in a cave and we shouldn't want, <laughs> you know, to wear nice shoes and like, and it's like, the, right? And it's so impractical. And I think that, you know, source is seeking to know itself through us. 
And so wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you can connect to that. And so there's no like spiritual person over there that if you could just bridge that gap to that version of you, then all would be well. It's right here, right now. And it happens in presence, right? So I have a ton of rituals. You talked about practices. You know, I, I, my awakening, my spiritual awakening happened in India. And that's like the Mecca of all these rituals and practices. So there's many, many different chants and um, yogas and different things that I, I just love to do them. That's it, period. You know, I know who I am without them. And I, they just, they're, they're, they enhance my practice of dropping into presence. That said, I can do it through breath work. I can do it riding on a subway. You know, I can do it when I close my eyes closer than my hands and feet. You know, I can do it through just dropping into that space between thoughts. And I can actually have the same experience that I have after like my 45 minute of chanting and candles and crystals and all of that. I just love those things. So those are optional. And I think we need to smash this idea that it should look us sitting for an hour in the lotus position to be have arrived in some way because i know plenty of people that do that that are actually assholes you know <laughs> so it's not working my friend stop how are you doing <laughs> you know what i mean but, and then the ego is all caught up in all of these like somersaults and backflips and all of that and i can levitate and i get you know it's like no like how are how can you move into presence when shit hits the fan how can you you know, find that quiet place within yourself that you can lean into when things don't go your way, you know, and your children are their volumes turned up way loud. And do you have a place, a refuge within your own self that you can access? You know, that's what our, that would be the true gauge of spirit of how it's working for you. And it should be practical. And one of my mentors said to me early on in my, you know, path of recovery said, you know, show me a practical man and I'll show you a spiritual man. And then she said right after that, God is in making your bed. And I love that. It's just the simple, how can you bring consciousness to washing the dishes? You know, how can we drop into presence on a nature walk without our earphones and music and stimulus and, you know, or having a conversation with someone? Can you sit in the silences and hold space for them? Like that's spiritual. So we're expanding our notions of spirituality. And I think it should just be how are you connecting to you and that deepest part of you beyond the personality, beyond the ego, beyond the mind? That's what spirit, spirituality can look and feel like without all those other outside bells and whistles, although I love the bells and whistles. I love that. Tell us more about this trip to India because it sounds so like like profound and, and tell us about your awakening that you experienced there. I had a, what you call a classical Kundalini um, awakening experience in that I was sitting in meditation and I was just repeating a mantra and I had never done that before. And I was 17 and I really was kind of resistant to doing it. My mom had dragged me there, bless her. Um, but she had bribed me to sit through the weekend of meditation because what 17 year old wants to sit through a weekend of meditation? <laughs> the meditation teacher and like hundreds of people chanting like this is not not cool you know um but i did it and i do think my mom and i have a soul contract and i feel like it has continued to unfold in beautiful ways but that was one of her one of our agreements before we were we, when we were formless that we did that she was going to help me move into this alignment with my spirituality 
So at 17, I was sitting there and repeating that mantra. And all of a sudden my heart opened up. I had, you know, with the, the, this fire shoot up my spine, it doesn't have to happen like this for everybody, but it did for me. And that was the tradition that I was um, immersed in. And I felt my heart open and explode. And I felt waves of bliss and love. And I knew it was God and I knew it was, you know, this incredible experience and I was weeping and it was undeniable. So I had the critic on the inside, which we all have watching this experience going like, this isn't happening. What is this? <laughs> What's going on? And then that whole part of me that was consumed by these waves of love and thinking, you know, God loves me. God knows me like I'm loved and I've never known how much I'm loved. And all these, you know, really irrefutable phrases that were bubbling up from within me that really weren't in my uh, lexicon, you know? Yeah. So that was that first experience. And so from there, I decided to follow that path. And I went, to, followed the this um, uh, meditation teacher and this community to India. And that's where I was for a couple of years. And I still had a year of high school left. So I finished it there and I took my SATs there and I got into college there and I actually wanted to stay. And um, the head of that lineage said, you got your path, you have the path of a householder. So go back out and do that. And so that was another trying to reconcile two worlds again, going to college and, you know, uh, keg parties and then having <laughs> experiences. And so, you know, it was, it was definitely interesting trying to put those two worlds together. And I feel like I've had to try to do that so much in my life in different contexts. And it really, everything integrated when you know, like those 18 years ago, almost 18 years ago that I really felt like all my parts integrated. So anyway, it's been a beautiful journey. So I let go of a lot of those ideas of, you know, Oh, I have to meditate this long and oh, I have to do this. You know, I have a really busy life. I have four children. I have a lot of different, interesting things that I have co-created with the universe and they all have equal time and space. And so my meditation and my connection to source has to fit into all of that. So sometimes I'm walking my goats and I'm doing my chanting while I'm walking them. You know, it has, it has to work for me. You know, as much as I love sitting in front of my altar and it's a very beautiful one, I've created things from all over the world that are sacred objects and crystals and you know, it was the full moon last night. So it was my husband and I with our trays going down outside, bang, bang down the stairs with my trays and trays of crystals to put out in the full moon. And he's like, curses, wife, you know, <laughs> with your heavy crystals banging down the stairs. Um, but, you know, I all of that's wonderful and great. But it's it, like I said, and I feel like this is a through line for me in this particular podcast is just it's about that awareness that I bring to the now moments. And um, as busy as things are and as many roles as I play, it's how many, how much seamlessness can I bring to all of it? Am I the same person in all of these parts of my life, these aspects of my life? You know, who I, who I am speaking on this podcast, is, is that true? Am I saying things that I'm actually living and imbibing? And do I walk the walk? Like that is probably the highest line of, of awareness to me that what I'm working with my clients on and what I'm recommending, I better be well sure that I'm doing those things myself because otherwise I'm a megaphone for, for something that isn't true and real and an integrity. And that just, I can't abide by that. So totally.
Friends, have you ever heard of ancestral trauma? It is us having deep-seated wounds within us that really cause us to behave in certain ways, and it infiltrates our relationships, our work, and our life as adults. So friends, in September, we are doing an entire course on ancestral trauma. And you can purchase this course, take it with us live or anytime afterwards. But all of September, the entire month of September will all be about ancestral trauma. And you can head over to the website, the angelmedium.com to take that course. We're going to be bringing in your angels, working with your angels to help you release spiritually some of these old wounds that you've been holding on to. Also, remember that when you write a five-star positive review, we enter you into a monthly drawing to win a free session with me. This month's winner is in the show notes below. One more thing, friends, if you want to do this work for yourself, if you want to be a healer who works one-on-one with people, you have to go through a training program to learn how to do this work. And I would love to help you with that. If you want more information on my Angel Reiki School, where you learn how to develop your spiritual gifts, also hop on over to my website, The Angel Medium, and look up The Angel Reiki School. Now let's dive back into the show. This is so fascinating because, you know, you have walked it, right? You have kind of been on that red carpet and probably at some point been thinking to yourself, how do I allow myself to grow into myself for those? And then you've gone through it and you've done it for those who are at that point where like they're asking, who am I in my life? How do I be more my true authentic self? Having lived it yourself, what would you say to them? How do people really unfold into themselves? Yeah, you know what? It's going to be different for everyone. I don't think you need to change your life. Stay on that red carpet if you're on the red carpet. You know, keep doing what you're doing, but bring, you know, there's no relationship outside of you. It's you are it. You are that which you seek. You know, I didn't come up with that little ditty. It's a beauty. You are that which you seek. And everything you're seeking everywhere around you is right here. So knowing that now, if you make that pivot and you start curating how you speak to yourself throughout your day, like make a log. What are those habitual phrases that you say throughout your day? How are you pushing yourself through the eye of the needle? What what standards of perfection, what kind of negative self-talk are you marinating in? Because that absolutely dictates the quality of your life. So start to put that lens on you, take it off of everyone around you, because we're always holding people hostage when we're not centered in ourselves, you know, because we need them to deliver our needs and wants because we're unwilling to do that work for ourselves. So just set everybody and everything loose and just move, I mean, keep everything the same. But mentally and emotionally and just really start deep diving into your relationship to self into your presence you know just start some breathwork techniques 
try doing some self-soothing you can pick up you know try tapping journaling do a gratitude list i mean everyone talks about gratitude lists but like when you do them for 365 days a year and commit to that 10 things a day you start to really move into subtleties around all the good that's happening on the ground in the moment doing things like committing in that way to your lens through which you view the world and nothing around you needs to actually shift that's what's so beautiful it's about perspective how you see yourself, how you see how you're showing up in your world around you, and then calling in grace. And if you don't have a relationship, I mean, obviously this is a podcast about angels and awakening. So most people tuning into this have some sense of grace. <laughs> and if it's tenuous, if, it, if it's elusive, if it feels like you absolutely can go deeper with that at any time that you decide to, you know, it's there, it's all in the wings waiting. And it, you know, we're, this is the this is the earth school of free will. So we can't have intervention until we invite in, you know, <laughs> our guides <laughs> and the archangels and the ascended masters. And it, they require our um, our willingness and our invitation. So yeah. continuing to do that and find inventive and fun, exciting ways and then open your mind and eyes up to those responses because a prayer is a call. Right. And then meditation can be a response because you're sitting in that stillness and you might get messages or look in your life. And I mean, you know, everyone here knows about the numbers and 111 and 1111 and four like all these different things. So those are also signs. And you can ask yourself when you see those numbers, what was I just thinking? You know, what was, you know, that and those are other ways where we start to make a life that feels much more than just this one dimension or this three third dimension that we're actually in right now. And truly we're in an ascension. So we are in a period of moving into a 5D and 5D is unity consciousness, right? It's self uh, governing, it's autonomy, sovereignty. It's moving through the world from a place of love. And a lot of us are awakening to that. And so part of it's a very painful and tricky time. So what we're seeing is all these paradigms around us crumbling and it looks chaotic, but you'd, you'd imagine that that's what would happen when we're moving into another phase of our evolution as um, a collective. Yeah. Two ways I want to go here. I do want to talk about hypnotherapy because I do think that some people have this interpretation of hypnotherapy, like you're laying on a couch or like there's this pendulum swinging in front of you and you go into like a deep sleep. So I want to talk about that a little bit because we haven't talked about hypnotherapy much on the podcast, but kind of coming off of what you just said, you know, this work is not that it's hard, but it can be challenging, right? To like go deeper within ourselves and really be honest with ourselves and look at things that we haven't looked at before. To those who you work with, maybe your clients who get frustrated or want to give up, you know, what is it that you say to them? How do you reinvigorate them to keep going? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know that it's my job to, you know, be the cheerleader of like, come on, you can do this. Like, I want <laughs> to, I really want them to create that voice for themselves, you know, but it really starts with self-love so they know that they're worth it to be able to continue on. And I think what I do say is I think we tend to think on the spiritual path, if we're in the weeds, if we're having a hard time, if we're wrestling with our shadow, that somehow something's wrong. 
because again, it's this idea that it should look like this. We should be blissed out. We should be, you know, absolutely spiritual and be like this fake positivity. And it's just like, that all has to go. That's like part of the paradigms that are shifting from the 3d to 5d. If it's, it's, if, if you're not, if it's not messy, guess what? You're not doing it right. Because it's, it's, it should be a shit show in a, in the sense that you're, you're laughing to <laughs> No, just because it's so true. <laughs> so again, we're just saying like, you should be like having periods of calm. I should, I'm just going to talk about my path and the clients. Cause I, I should, it's just out of the, out of this mix, but you're going to have moments of calm moments of, of cruising. And then other moments where it gets really intense and there's a contraction when that happens, just stop treading water. Just go deep dive under the waves. Just go down under the pain, down and just be with it. And there's nothing wrong at all. If you're deeply connected to your path and your journey, this is part of it. It's so, I wish people had said this to me because I didn't understand this all those years in, from the time that I lived in India. And that I was just like, anytime I thought I was going through things, I, I didn't have a place to quantify and qualify it as like, no, this is the work friend because you're arm wrestling with your ego, your subconscious, and I can ease into that next thing about the about hypnosis, your subconscious is calling experiences to you over and over again, the good friend that it is, it looks like a saboteur, but it's calling experiences to you constantly so that you can heal them. So the conscious mind says, I want this, and the subconscious says, no friend, this is the frequency that you're vibrating to. So it's creating favorable and unfavorable experiences all around you all the time so that you can if you're conscious you're going to be like oh thank you there it is there's my limited you know lack of self-worth showing up in my partner reflecting back to me that i'm not good enough and i'm not instead of like why does he always do that why do people always you, we move into victim consciousness instead if we can move into collusion with our subconscious and say oh yeah good one yeah i see it that's the kind of relationship we want to have with all these aspects of ourselves, right? Same with the ego. Like we need our ego. We'd be a blob of consciousness without it, but we don't want it to run point in our life. And it's the same with the subconscious. It keeps calling things up and we want to actually program it for more favorable experiences. So, and what we really want to be manifesting because we're manifesting all the time, whether we're aware of it or not aware of it. So when we move into hypnosis, it's just one modality because you can, you know, hypnosis is amazing. And I'm here to say like, I love it. And I've gone to hypno hypnotherapists myself and I have actually moved through a lot of different things, emotionally different blocks I've had around relationships and smoking, even when I was smoking way long time ago. And it's, it's very, very powerful. And you can move through years of therapy and those are valuable and absolutely necessary, but very quickly through just a few sessions of hypnosis around certain things. You know, the subconscious wants to serve you, but we don't want, if we're not aware, we become the servant of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. It's, it's about like our power. Are we giving our power away to that subconscious where we're acting and reacting and our behavior follows our emotions and our feelings, or are we so consciously aware and living in the present that we are the observer of that and really tapping into our intuition and what our soul self wants. Mm -hmm. So what does hypnosis really look like? Um, it looks a lot like what you said. You're lying down. You're super comfortable. There's no pendulum. I, I mean, some people are like, 
sure. I don't do pendulums. I actually use pendulums in my life. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of pendulums and I'll tell you why, because I believe my, I can access my higher self and my mm -hmm. higher self knows what's right and best for me. And so um, using a pendulum, I can ask it questions and it bypasses my preferences and I trust it, you know, for the most part, I can ask all kinds of things, how to price my courses, how to, what day I should launch, you know, um, all kinds of different things like that. And even like if this, my crystals are working or they're, you know, picked up some negative energy. I mean, it's, if anyone's listening and you want to learn how to do that, you absolutely can. There's people out there who can teach it. So yeah. things are awesome, but I don't use them in hypnosis. And what it feels like is we'll work together. The client and I will work together. Usually what I love to do is do the two together. So I'll, someone will come in and we'll work, do some coaching together. We'll have a couple of sessions and we'll start to quickly figure out what are those habitual beliefs that they have? How is the subconscious running point in their life? We'll flag those with their language, what, what they would prefer as a different upload. And then we'll do this. It feels like a lot like an induction, it feels a lot like relaxing the body and just moving into this place of quiet and peace. And then the subconscious is always listening because it's it manages all your feelings, all your emotions and your imagination. It houses all of that. And so then we program it for good. And so we'll do that. And then we go back to coaching a few more times and then we'll do another hypnosis session. So that's my sweet spot in my practice. That said, people come to me and they just want to do straight hypnosis. And I love doing that too. So it's um, kind of an amalgam of what the client's resonating with and what they feel drawn to. And I trust that. That's amazing. So right now, you know, we've been through so much and I really feel like healers, people in the realm who are doing this work tend to go through things, perhaps a couple steps in advance, not that we're better than in any way, shape or form than the collective, but kind of going through things a little bit in advance so that you can reach back and pull people up. What lessons has spirit really been working with you on in your life recently? And, you know, where do you feel like we're headed next as a collective? For me, it's just been so much about awakening to what has been, what we've been on the planet, what's been happening for a very long time and how we've been in darkness and what we've been allowed to see. So I've been going through a very, a very tough year, I'd say, of uncovering and discovering and discarding a lot of different things that aren't necessarily things I would want to sign up to know <laughs> about just how the world's been working. And so I won't say more than that, but I think part of what a true light worker should be able to do, and I do say that about myself, and I don't say that and I don't say that lightly because I think a light worker has to transmute darkness and light together. And that's, that's what we all actually have to do collectively and individually first is where are the parts of me still in shadow, the parts of me that I disown, the parts of me, where do I wear masks? So, you know, that, so you won't know this part about me, right? So it's pulling the masks off and, it's just a lot, it's heavy lifting. And that's why I say the spirit, spirituality is not for the faint of heart. It's not crystals and rainbows and butterflies. It's just not. Yeah. That's just BS and you won't get far and you'll crap out quickly if that's what you're drawn to initially. And then you don't alchemize that into 
working within your own self as things arise and and really like i said deep diving under it not treading water it's really looking at your stuff being willing to be brave and courageous and watch your triggers and see how you're activated and see how you you know um, want to blame and play victim and healing your childhood and your primary relationships and your ancestral relationships and there's that's why a lighthouse person has to have done that kind of work otherwise they're not on hot, on solid ground and um so this last year has been a next level of understanding that world around me and a lot of people in my this field that even my friends like people who channel angels and are just not wanting to do it and i hear that because it, they feel like it's going to mess with their mojo you know it's going to mess with their the light codes that they're holding and i want to even say to them I, I challenge them and say your light codes are strong enough that you can hold some of the darker underbelly of the world we've been living in because we can't move forward unless we truly look at what we were we look back with love and compassion and light has to know dark in order to be light right we need that contrast otherwise it would just be we just be we wouldn't even know who we are like god is knowing itself through us right so we need that contrast and so i think this has been a year of alchemizing and i don't say that lightly because i've been introduced to sacred mystery school schools this year i'm working with different all kinds of different shamans and so it's been a year of opening up so many different paths and learning how to alchemize transmute work with sacred geometry mm -hmm. and set shields in a way that i never have actually done before i used to just do a quick oh archangels blah 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 now it's like it's a whole thing because it is <laughs> you feel like there's interference and i do feel like i understand that and i accept it you know um unfortunately the dark does interfere without permission yeah. and so just we have to ask the ascended masters and those beings for for because that's our free will but for some reason you know the darker energies actually get permission from us through the back doors of grief and mm -hmm. despair and doubt and fear and those those have been pretty rampant for a very long time so they get permission through those back doors because they're frequencies that match each other right yeah right so I want to continue on with this conversation. There's a large, and I want to be respectful of this, and I'm tr not trying to like be shaming in any way, shape or form. There's a large um, black population that listens to the podcast. And I've been really sensitive to the way that I personally use the terms like light and dark, because I was in branding and marketing before this. And I realize how much corporations use messaging to get us to subconsciously think one way or the other. So I've started instead to use the word energy instead of light um, and use different terms instead of light and darkness. But I totally hear what you're saying and, and no shame in that whatsoever. And it's very, very beautiful. And I think you're right on track with the message. What I'm wondering too is how do you see like your own life shifting because we're all you're right ascending we're all going through so much so fast and there are moments where it feels like 
we're going through the lessons. I totally get what you were saying before, because as I stepped into this work, it's almost like the quicker that you get, oh, nope, life's not trying to do something to you. They're trying to teach you a lesson so that you can reach back and help others with it. You start to pay attention and take all of the feeling, the it's not personal anymore. You go, okay, God, what is the story that you're trying to show me? Uh, I'm, I'm listening. It almost feels like in 2021, we've been going so fast at a pace of growth. How do you manage it within your own life? To me, it's felt a little overwhelming over the last couple of months. Yeah, you know, I seek refuge in my altar. You know, I seek refuge in nature. I seek refuge through joy. You know, that's not to say that I haven't had 11 o'clock at night, you know, just kind of curled in a ball crying, you know, for the collective, you know, and the pain and the suffering and, you know, the children. So yeah. it's because this is, this is a major part of some of the darkness that we're talking about, trafficking and children and you know, this is, this is true and real and people don't want to look at it and talk about it, but it, it is part of the world that we are in. And so I think those, you know, if I'm, I'm grateful that I still, that my heart is open, but yes, it's, I think I have, like I said, I have those moments where I'm coasting and then I get a lot of information. I'll get a download or I'll have access to some information. And then I got to come back. I got to pull in tight. I will say that even, you know, I post different things on Instagram. It's my place. Like it's really the place where I, it's like my a church in a sense, because it's where mm -hmm. I really transmute and I get information and then I share it with other people. And so, you know, I've been, I feel my way through that. If I'm not clear, I'm not posting. If yeah. I, I've had to pull away and I've also got like, I darkened my, I, I cleared my schedule for two months because I was processing. You know, and I can't hold space for you if I'm not in alignment and not that I'm off because I'm not, it's just, I'm, I, my allegiance is to myself first and my process because I can't hold space for you if I'm not knowing intuitively when I need to hold space for me. And so those are, that's that dance of yeah. like how I show up and help others and then pulling back and, and regulating my own process within it. And it's felt very beautiful. It hasn't felt messy or like jagged. It's felt very seamless. I have to say very, I don't know. I've just felt led. I, within the contractions that most people have had this last year, I've had a huge expansion yeah. both in my work, in every area of my life, my work, my home, my, my animals that I've acquired and my, my spirituality, my grounding, my connection is, is just I'm not the same woman that yeah. I was a year ago. Mm -hmm. And my God, I look at that woman. I'm like, wow, you have no idea, sweetie, how much work, <laughs> <laughs> heavy lifting and tears and, you know, and just cracking open to this whole world and feeling that connection to others and source and yeah. like in such a tremendous time. So I feel like that's really what I've learned in the last few months, even more so is just intuitively trusting myself, listening, pulling back when I've needed to reconnecting and then coming back and offering from a place of wholeness.
you know? Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Cause I just made the decision a couple of weeks ago to take like the entire summer and just, mm. um, not that I'm not doing anything. I've got little commitments that I was already committed to. So I'm fulfilling those, but then stepping back the rest completely to just recharge. Thank you so much for being here and just being on the show today. And thank you for doing what you're doing. What a beautiful platform. And these are all conversations that are just well worth having. So thank you to you and to your listeners. And I'm sending you all so much love. Oh, thank you. Beautiful souls. I'm so excited to announce that my book on angels and how they're working miracles in your life will be available on Amazon fall of 2021. If you're listening on or after fall of 2021, check it out. Friends, if you'd like to work with me each week, my angel membership program is perfect for you. You can join at any time and you get access to past courses. In 2021, I'll be teaching you about a new topic each month. We started the year in February with a course on oneness and raising your vibration. March is angel communication, how to hear your angels. April is trusting your intuition. May is knowing your soul's purpose. June is working with Archangel Raphael to learn self-energy healing techniques and Chakras 101. July is rewriting the stories you've been holding on to. August is all about rewiring your mind to move past blocks. September is energetically working through ancestral trauma. October is working with your inner child and Archangel Michael. November is a guide to being an empath. Then we're rounding out the year with a course in December that helps you connect with your loved ones on the other side to help you deepen your personal connection with them. And in January 2022, we'll be back with a whole new course on manifestation and co-creation. You get all of this live group access to me, two new pre-recorded Reiki healings, an advance notice to book a session with me when you're an angel member. Sign up for the angel membership anytime. If you're listening in 2022, please know that we're planning to add new content each month. For details and to sign up, view the show notes below. Friends, the only thing that's not included in the Angel Membership right now is the Angel Reiki School, where you learn to develop your unique spiritual gifts. Whereas the Angel Membership is about your awakening journey and your personal spiritual growth, the Angel Reiki School, on the other hand, certifies you as an Angel Reiki Master Teacher and teaches you the art of energy healing and bringing through messages for your clients. Friends, if you're feeling called to the Angel Reiki School, it's because the souls you're here to help on earth, well, they're omnipresent piece of them. You know, they're higher selves on the other side. That's what's behind you, pushing you, fueling you to become who you're meant to be. Because when you do, they know your work will shift the trajectory of their life here. That's what I mean when I say you have big, big purpose in this lifetime. A new class of the Angel Reiki School starts on the first of each month. 
Speaking of the Angel Reiki School, we're going to need about 800 volunteers this year. We select volunteers from people who've written a five-star positive review and emailed us a copy. That way, we have a way of contacting you for your free volunteer session. Many of you have asked if I'm still booking sessions, and the answer to that is yes. I love, love, love my sessions with you. We have a new system where we send out an email once a month with a link to my calendar for you to book online. It's really easy. All you have to do is sign up to be on my email list on my website, theangelmedium.com. I've been spending a ton of time going live with you on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and I'm having a blast with it. Join me over on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new content, teaching videos, and actual video footage of these podcast episodes. Friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much for being part of this community and listening to this show. I truly feel that this is your show and the angels show, and I just feel so blessed to be a part of it. You're the most supportive community a podcaster could have. I pray for you every day. If you have a special prayer request, you can submit it through my website homepage and I'll be praying for you personally. Now for the oneness meditation, which is the last five minutes of every episode. And as you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. If you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you. But anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off, and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. And up through those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy. It begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles. Feel this yummy, tingly energy as it moves up over your calves, your shins, all the way up to your knees. Feel this energy at your knees and allow it to move up the thighs, the hamstrings all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from the hips 
to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. As you feel this yummy, tingly, sparkly energy surrounding the outside of your heart, filling the inside of your heart, notice how your entire body comes into a gentle state of ease. Allow this energy to move up into the shoulders, into the neck. Feel it as it fills your entire head front to back, side to side, top to bottom. And then feel this energy as it moves through the hair follicles on the top of your head so that you feel this yummy tingliness two inches to ten feet or higher above the top of your head. Friends, you might feel like there's a string above your head lifting you up towards the sky. You might feel an airy floatiness. You might feel an expansive spaciousness. What I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease, it's grace. And God just sends this energy through the crown of your head. It moves through your head, down through your neck, down through your shoulders, and it starts to pool, this God energy starts to pool around your heart, within your heart. And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding you. that your heart, your body, the air surrounding you are one with all life here on earth, all plants, all people, all animals, all life on earth. And now notice how your heart, body, air surrounding you, all life here on Did you notice how your body got more expansive, your energy got more expansive, and you could feel out into your auric field, you could feel out into the energy of the world, into the energy of everything everywhere. Friends, that is oneness, and you can carry oneness with you in your 
here, I don't want you to open up your eyes. I want you to continue this meditation and to see that surrounding you are angels. You have guardian angels around you. You have cherub angels holding the space open for you to get into oneness at any time. You have archangels working with you in every area of your life. You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. All of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. Friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith, know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.